Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to celebrate the resurrection of, the, of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift that you have given, for the promise that you have given, for the empowerment that you have given, that we too, like him, dead to sin and alive in Christ, and that you send us to share what and how we have encountered you with all whom we come in contact with. So we thank you for this great privilege, Lord. May now the word preached be preached faithfully and minister unto our needs, Father. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. An ancient and wonderful greeting that echoes not just through time, but throughout eternity. What a wonderful cry it is. Christ is risen and he is risen indeed. And this cry comes also as a form of greeting this morning to me, to us, from the province of Myanmar, Archbishop Stephen wants to share his greetings and seeks our prayers to pray for the believers there, encountering a difficult situation and wanting to be, to be dead to sin and to be alive in Christ no matter the cost. What a wonderful prayer he's asking us to pray for him. So let's, let's pray for our brothers in Myanmar and our sisters in Myanmar. Let us also not forget our brothers and sisters from Myanmar who are working in our country. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. Huh? On Good Friday, I shared a cultural practice among Indians, which uh, upon uh, nearing death or a loved one is going to die. And we bring a little bit of water and that is considered a great gift from the living to the one who is dying. And yet, there's the other twist to it. When a person who is dying and he wants that, 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 that cup of water, he will look around and he will call the most favored one to come and say, give me that water. So it is not just a gift given, but a gift received. And, and on Easter, on Easter, that's a different kind of gift that is given. Christ paid for our sins on Good, Fri on Good Friday. He sacrificed. And on Easter, when we are dead to our sins in Him, we are alive in Christ when He's risen. So He gives us salvation and the power to live with the resurrected life and share in the life of the Holy Trinity. To live according to the word that he has given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift given. What a wonderful gift it is. And today's passage talks about how do we receive this gift? The different kind of postures and emotions how do we receive salvation? How do we share salvation? 
And it is really very encouraging. If someone gives you, I mean, in our Indian culture, because quite a number of Indians in Malaysia, especially the ones whom I know, eh, whom I know, um, don't celebrate the Indian New Year, as it were. Eh? It's very toned down. Not like the Chinese New Year, you know. Everybody goes home and you must have the Chinese New Year Eve dinner, you know. But among Indian Christians, you don't quite see that. Eh? Somehow, eh? Uh, it's a bit toned down. And for them, Easter, Christmas, New Year is the day when everybody is supposed to come home. Everyone's supposed to come home. So you will always find, especially in traditional Indian churches, when it was more open and we didn't have COVID, every Easter, one new sari. Every Christmas, one new sari. Even every New Year, another new sari. That's for ladies only, huh? not men. No cross dressings here. Okay. And then for men, <laughs> every and children, every New Year, Every Easter especially, new, new uh, shirt and pants and shoes. And the ones who gave them the gift will come for New Year's service and see. Now my grandson is going to wear whose gift? In-law's gift, father's uh, side, or in-law's gift from the mother's side. They'll be watching. Okay, so what do the people do? Don't want to offend. So Christmas, they may decide to wear from the mother's side gift, you know. Maybe uh, Easter, they may decide to wear from the father's side of the family, the gifts given. So we don't want to offend people. Now, we can also receive the gifts and keep it away. Not even talk about it. And imagine in that cultural context, how the giver will feel. How the giver will feel. We may have received, we may have taken it, but you did not appreciate it, you just put it there. So then comes the gift of salvation. How have we received it? How we have embodied it? Now let's look at the passage a bit more clearly, a bit more closely and look at this. Let me read to you John chapter 20 verse 1. And John introduces this in a very beautiful manner. And he says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. The way the passage introduces the resurrection of Christ suddenly feels like creation narrative in Genesis. First day of the week. So seven days, first day. In the garden, there were shadows. The earth was dark. It was unruly. Chaos. And God spoke. It was as if the tomb seemed to be chaos, but the stone was taken away. It is an excitement building up. Where is death? 
There is the tomb, but it's empty. But the focus in John is not the empty tomb. The focus is the risen Lord. That's his focus. And how do people receive this, this gift that God has given us? And so we continue to read. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Mary, who was at the foot of the cross. Mary now, staring at the empty tomb. Mary, who sat and heard the words of the Lord Jesus Christ about his resurrection. Mary, who saw Lazarus being brought to life and is alive, dead Lazarus, alive. And yet, encountering and, 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 and receiving this gift, sometimes because of our experiences of death and expectations of life after death, because of our experiences with our own emotion which has given up, somehow brings confusion or we ask ourselves, and can it be? And can it be? <laughs> it raises that question. It challenges us. It's an exciting kind of confusion actually, but frightening. Have you received in baptism and in your Bible classes, in your discipleship classes, the Lord Jesus Christ? And when, like death, other challenges come to you. How do you respond? How do you respond? How do you receive this salvation, this, this gift, this resurrected life? Let's continue. Verse 3. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as they yet did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead, then the disciples went back to their homes. Let's pause for a while. In this passage, both Mary and John were at the foot of the cross. And yet, looking at the empty tomb, Mary still, not only did she not understand, but she didn't believe or didn't comprehend and grasp that the Lord Jesus has risen. She has not grasped it yet because after this we find that she is still looking for the dead body, not the risen Lord. But John 
believe. And here is the thing that I really love about this, you know. I really love about this. They didn't understand. <laughs> they didn't understand. Isn't that how it is when our hopes are broken? When promises are broken? When vows are broken? When good faith is betrayed? Isn't it like that? When we want to trust in God that all things do happen for the will work out for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. And, and like, like John, we believe, we cannot understand, but somehow we believe. <laughs> somehow we believe. And that is not rubbish. And that is not foolishness. But that is faith. The assurance of things believed in. <laughs> and so, you don't have to cross all the dots and uh, all the dots on the I's and the T's in your sentences of faith. Meaning, you may not have got all your theology right or understood it to begin with. But you believe in one single thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. And here we find Mary did not only understand, did have not arrived at believing, but we find here John believing but still could not understand. One theologian said, if you really want to understand the differences almost diametrically opposed views of, amongst Christians, you just have to look at John and draw comfort and faith that we continue to move in the right direction, that is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And metaphorically, the passage moves where even in her confusion, and unbelief, or if you want to call that as unbelief, she finds herself wandering, but the Lord Jesus coming to meet her. Again, this draws my mind away to the resurrect to, to the to the creation, where Adam and Eve fell and they were hiding. But God comes and says, where are you? It's like Mary having sat at the foot of Jesus and hearing his preaching and seeing the dead come to life and at the foot of, the, of Jesus seeing him die and he's saying he will rise and now the empty tomb, the stone rolled away and she's still Still lost and wandering and confused, but her heart and devotion is on the right place. Her Lord and Master, Jesus. And God never, never lets 
a bruised reed to be broken, a smoldering wick to be snuffed out. Maybe for some who are suffering, justice downtrodden and robbed from them, the powerful and the rich pushing them to the margins of society. And as they look at this, as they see this, you can understand like Mary, that they may be confused. A kind of amnesia, where what the Lord said earlier didn't, somehow just cannot understand, cannot believe. But yet, they are devoted to our Lord Jesus Christ because they've encountered Him. In their own way, they have encountered Him. And that means, as how the Lord Jesus came, and the Lord God came to, as how the Lord God came in creation to the fallen Adam and Eve, as how the Lord Jesus came to search out Mary, He will search them out. And they will experience the fullness of the resurrected life and Jesus Christ again. And if you are one of them, and I want to tell you that this is the promise and the reality of faith in Jesus Christ. You can say, where death, where or death is your sting, things removed, not just theologically, not just positionally, but now the resurrected life in Christ Jesus. And so we find this gentle conversation. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept and stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, the other one at the feet, they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know another beautiful word. No, belief, life, eternal life, light. These are powerful words in John's gospel. She did not know him. That it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Still didn't click. Finally, Jesus said, Mary, and it all, it all clicked, this is Jesus. And like John, she may not have understood everything. I don't know if the disciples who came, John and Peter, when they looked at the empty tomb, and Mary, when they looked at the empty tomb, I don't know whether they realized the significance of the Lord taking the cloth folding it nicely and keeping it at the side. Let me read to you the significance of that which should have triggered them. You know, it's the practice in the Jewish uh, uh, culture. If you are the master or, or if you are the rabbi and you have disciples or servants, after the meal or whatever, 
you, you, if you had enough, you just take the linen and just put it aside, just like that, and you will go away. So the servant will come and say, my rabbi or my master is finished and he's not coming back. But let's say you need to go, but you want to come back and take your meal again. What you do is that you take the linen, you fold it nicely, you keep it at the side and you go. Now, after a while, the servant will be thinking, my master, is he coming back? My rabbi, is he coming back? And he just has to go to that uh, makan place, uh, the, 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 the table where the food was served. And if he sees those clothes nicely folded, oh no, no, he's coming back. He's coming back. And so, the significance of this beautiful action, uh, we find that the linen was nicely folded and kept to the side. Let me read to you verse 5. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. He's coming again. He's coming again. Christ is coming again. It's not dead and finished and ascended. He's coming again. And so in this one beautiful observation of John, he saw that insight. Jesus is coming again. <laughs> and so my friends, as we come to this Easter, let us bear witness for the wonderful and marvelous things that God has done in our lives. Do not be dismayed that you don't know enough, but what you know and what you have encountered, that is all that is needed for you to live and to continue and grow and become better at understanding what the word of the Lord says to us. And what does it mean? Die to sin, live in Christ's resurrected life. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. For word preached, we thank you. May this word continue to inspire us. That we may continue to bear witness for you and be a witness unto you. May we be found faithful where we are dead to sin but alive in Christ. That we are sharing this news to the last breath of our life. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.